to give her an appearance of proper fashion. Her mother would have been proud of her, she knew. The approval in Mavis's eyes had stilled the rampaging butterflies, but on the wagon trip to town, they'd taken to cavorting again. What kind of questions would the judge ask her? What if she didn't know the answers? She hated to remember that night, but now she was being forced to. One more strike against the three men. One more strike that fanned the no longer sleeping embers of anger that the memories caused. She'd lost the shooting match in Hill City due to the injury to her arm, lost the purse that would have kept them in winter supplies, including the critically needed cattle and horse feed. She, who could drive nails into a log with her sharpshooting, had been shot in the arm in a midnight raid on her new home. The act of injury had severely damaged everything. Her arm, her livelihood, her reputation as a sharpshooter, and so many dreams. She straightened her shoulders, narrowed her eyes, and gave a curt nod. Was she ready? She most certainly was. May they rot in prison for all she cared. The large room over J.D. McKittrick's mercantile was used for community meetings and, when needed, as the courtroom. The only places larger were the churches and the school building. Mavis had told her that they hadn't had a visit from the circuit judge in years, since most cases, what few there had been, went to Hill City for court. With Mavis in the lead and Lucas and Ransom behind her, Cassie gathered up her skirts and climbed the creaky wooden stairs to the courtroom. Dormers with windows along with wide windows at each end of the room gave enough light to see, but up at the table, where a black-robed man waited, kerosene lamps added illumination. Several other men in black suits and ties were gathered around his table, and the only one she recognized, Sheriff Edgar McDougal, beckoned them over. Since Judge Cranston already dealt with the other case, we're about ready for you all. Have a seat. He motioned to the straight-backed chairs lined up in front of the table. One chair sat to the right side, and the others to the left of the judge. Mavis nodded. Good morning, Judge Cranston. Gentlemen, I have a question, if you please. Will the three be tried at the same time? We're debating that right now. Won't be long. Casey forced herself to take deep breaths. At least this wasn't as formal as some pictures she'd seen. Formal enough, though. The judge sat at a plain old table rather than an imposing bench, but it and his chair had been set up on a platform at least two feet high. He looked down on everyone else. That was imposing enough for Cassie. Never having been in such a situation before, she really had no idea what to expect. She turned to Mavis and whispered, Will there be a jury? Doesn't look like it. They turned at the sound of more feet on the stairs. Three women came up together and nodded to those gathered. Those are the wives of the men on trial, Mavis whispered to Cassie. The first of them, in the blue cape, is Case's wife, Molly. The lady in the black coat is Joe Jones's wife. I forget her name. They live out a ways. You may sit over there. The sheriff pointed to seats off to the right. 
A few more townspeople came in, and gradually the rows of chairs filled. The judge said something, and the sheriff left the room, while another man moved two more chairs next to the lone one. It looked like they would try the three together. At least that will speed things up, Mavis said to Cassie from behind her gloved hand. They took the straight-backed seats the sheriff had indicated, and the four of them sat down. After greeting the Engstroms and Cassie, the Reverend Brandenburg settled himself into the fifth seat. Mavis leaned forward to nod a greeting. Thank you for coming. Cassie tried to smile politely, but failed. Whenever she moved her mouth, her whole face started to quiver. Lord, please get this over quickly. No, that was wrong. Her whole body quivered like the golden aspen leaves she'd so admired.